So welcome to the first edition of the No Fucks Podcast. I'm Noah Fuchs, your host, and my first guest on the very first edition is Zach Falk. How's it going, Zach? It's good. Uh, it's an honor to be here on the very first edition of the No Fucks Podcast. I'm pumped. Well, I'd say we're honored to have you, but you're the only one that would want to come on. So. <laughs> and you got some good stories. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. So who are you, Zach? Tell our listeners just... Um, I'm probably the most vanilla person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Uh, I grew up across from a golf course in a nice neighborhood, went to a private school for three years before I decided it wasn't for me, and, uh, ended up graduating from Grant Park, and then I went out to Nova Scotia to try to play some hockey after. And, and that's... You're, and you're from Winnipeg. Yep, and Winnipeg, that is... Winnipeg, Manitoba. Winnipeg, Manitoba. Born the greatest raised. place on earth. Yes. As I like to say to all my friends out there... When I'm leaving, I'm going back to God's country. This is <laughs> God's land. This is God's. Country. We're in the same country as them. It's, yeah, it's a different culture though. It's just it's way different here. So that's that's who you are. Walk me through a day right now, in the life of Zach Falk with everything that's going on in the world. Uh, you're you're not working, right? You're no. not. You kind of got a knee injury. You can't train for hockey. Yeah. What are you doing? That's, that's, <laughs> it's been kind of tough. Um, so. I mean, I'm sure most of you guys' sleep schedules are pretty messed up, but I'm just taking that to a new level. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Not me at all, don't worry. No, no. No, I feel you, bro. <laughs> um, so, an average day, I'll wake up around 4 p.m., I'd say. 4. 4 to 5. Got Some, me beat. Sometimes later. Yeah. I think the latest was 7. 7. That was a bad one. You woke up at 7. What time did you go to bed? Noon. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty mass. Yeah, so... It's all up... the Diet Cokes. No, I know. The, <laughs> the, the Diet Cokes just keep the brain buzzing. Um, and for our listeners who don't know Zach Falk, he is Phil Kessel. Yes. He loves the Diet Cokes and the hot dogs. Loves them. But anyways, you wake up late. Wake up late. Um, lately, my knee's been feeling better, so I've been going to either, like, Assiniboine Park or, like, the Grant Park... Um, track. Track with my buddies and their soccer players, so we kick around a soccer nice. ball. Nice. Got them big legs. Yeah, try to get like we have a sandbag, so I try to get a workout or two in. Nice. You know, try to you know stay at least a little bit in shape. Nah. Um, well, it doesn't really matter. You don't know if you're gonna have a season next year. Right? No, exactly. Just just in case. It's though. for a personal thing, though, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll do that for a couple hours, then we'll go back, um, and then I'll eat dinner slash breakfast. What's like, a, what's your favorite meal right now during this quarantine time? Um, well, the only source of money that I actually have is um, my... I have these gift cards, or I ran out yesterday, but I had these, like, $50 <laughs> gift cards to Finns. So I just get, like, Finns fish and chips on a... Uh, How many gift cards did you have? Two. <laughs> two for 50. So then I would just... Yeah, we went in twice, and I got the fish and chips twice, and it was... You know what I heard actually, like, works? Mm. Like, homeless people, or, like, people that are, like, lower income, they'll go to, like, Taco Bell. I don't know if you can go in right now, mm-hmm. and you just, like, you go and you take a bunch of hot sauces, Yeah. and you just, like, eat, live off that. You just live off hot sauce. Yeah, a Taco Bell hot sauce. Like, if you were in the forest, I'm pretty sure that would, like, give you enough nutrition to survive. Well, as you know, as I said earlier, I'm a super vanilla person, and that includes my taste buds. I can't, I can't do hot sauces. Yeah. Like, the closest thing to hot sauce I can eat is ranch. Yeah, so stay tuned for uh, later in the podcast. We have Zach eating the hottest hot sauce in Winnipeg and then giving us a hot take. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Mr. Mr. No Taste Buds over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His fish and chips. So, Zach, I want to ask you about something that's been... I've, I've heard a lot about. I want to hear straight from your mouth. Okay. 
what happened with you and a substitute teacher back Shaftesbury grade 11? I heard some about maybe a, a dirty hand job. Uh, for legal reasons. For these legal ru- reasons. These, ru- these rumors are false. These rumors are false. These rumors are false. But only for legal reasons. For legal reasons, these rumors are false, and that is my statement. So um, no, kind of no comment. Kind on of the topic. Kind of a no comment. <laughs> wow. Well, I think that says it all, honestly. So that was like the most interesting thing you had about you. Is you got this hand job from a substitute teacher, but yeah, that's uh, that was uh, that's my claim to fame, I guess. But um... <laughs> see, we got him. He's acknowledging it. <laughs> Fine, Zach. We'll move on. You're a big hockey player out there in Nova Scotia, Junior A. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like probably the big leagues out there. They don't have any professional hockey, do they? Well, I mean, they have the Q, so we're not oh, quite the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Q. But anyways, you got any funny stories out there? Any funny people to tell? Tell um, our listeners about maybe. Our uh, well, my first year there was a huge shit show. I uh, all right now be careful. You want to go back for your third year here? Yeah, it's fine. All the the coaches and GMs from that year are all gone, so, <laughs> <laughs> so nothing that big a shit show. Eh? No, nothing can come back to bite me. the 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 first head coach we had, I was a big fan of him. He um, so basically how I got there was, I was like just finished high school yeah i was trying to figure out if i wanted to still play hockey or if i just wanted to go to school okay um i wasn't sure well actually going into my last year of midget it was i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna play this year out try to win a championship with my friends and then call her quits and go to school and then i ended up having a really good year and got on a crazy good line with me michael sartor and marco estevez so this was uh, the winnipeg wild yeah playing for you last year yeah this was the wild and we like i think it was 20 games into the season we all got like us three got paired up together or maybe it was earlier and then we just <clears throat> had this instant chemistry and i ended up um leading the league in goals with uh 43 but uh damn almost a 50 50 goal man over here yeah almost almost danny all-star 1507 fucking heater um, but uh if marco estevez is listening to this shout out marco it says on the website that i'm tied for goals and first from that year with 42 but marco we both know you chintz one of my goals so oh so did no wait how many did marco have though I don't remember how many goals Marco had. Oh, but so I you guys weren't tied or anything? I just, I just, yeah, I was tied with this guy named Jason Zahn. He played for the Bruins. Um, like the Manitoba Bruins. Yeah, that was the first year that the Bruins were a thing. When yeah, they were yeah. Split, when they Not were, like the Boston Bruins. When they, yeah, when they, <laughs> when, they were trying to, when they were trying to make the Wild worse, they they added the Bruins, but it just made us better because it uh, we are, uh, like our districts changed. Yeah. So then we ended up getting this defenseman that played for the Thrashers the year before as a 15-year-old. Because he, after they changed, like, the zones, yeah, he yeah. ended up in our zone. Yeah. And we just got lucky that he was like, yeah, I want to play for the Wild instead. So that happened. I ended up having a really good year. And then I kind of changed my mind. And I was going back and forth. I was thinking about Alberta. I was thinking about Portage. Uh, I wasn't really thinking about Saskatchewan because I was like, you know. Saskatchewan. If I'm going to go to Saskatchewan, I may as well just stay in Manitoba. You might right? as well just build a meth lab and call it a quits. Exactly. And then... So I was mulling all this over, and then at the same time, I was thinking about school, and I'd applied to Acadia, and it was weird because I was emailing with the, emailing with the chemistry prof, like the head of chemistry at Acadia, and he just, and I was like, yeah, like I need to delay my acceptance because I still want to come here, but I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with hockey, and then he emails me back and says, well, there's a junior A team about 20, 20 minutes away from here, do you want me to like send you the coach's info? And I was like, 
You're like, I don't care. Just tell me where the nearest McDonald's is. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, I was like, yeah, like what's the harm? And so I emailed the coach and it was such a weird coincidence. He was coaching out there, but he happened to be from like Manitoba. I forget where, I think it was like service or something like that. And then he knew who I was and was like, yeah, like we'd love to have you out here. So it was a good fit. And I went, um, (laughs) hoping for the best, but, um, wasn't a good first year, eh? Well, it, it was a pretty good first year. There was not a lot of wins. We were uh, in a 50-game season. A lot of moral victories. A lot of moral victories, <laughs> I'd say. In a 50-game in a season, we ended up 6-40-4. and four. Well, not... Dead last. Not great. Yeah. Dead last. Pro- yeah, uh, probably one of the worst records in like the history of junior hockey. But we were just a revolving door of players. Like I don't know about that. I think I've heard of teams like losing every game. Yeah, like I think I think we still would have given like the worst team. Like we probably would have beat some teams of the MJ. I think that year, even though we were that bad for so the standard out there. You think it's like higher level hockey out there than the MJ? I like to think so because I yeah because you play there. Um, but I mean they have like a lot of um like ex Q players or like guys that are like on the brink of making the Q like. Uh, local Valley legend Drake Batherson played his 16-year-old year, no way. Uh, in the Valley. Yeah, and then realized he was much too good for the Valley. No kidding. Uh, moved up to the Q, and now it's just an all-star. Yeah, now he makes. Now he's got NHL paychecks to back him up. So exactly. We will even like my first year. We kept calling this guy up. He was actually really good. He probably could have made our team, but he just played junior B instead. His name was Stu Kenny. And he was a huge beauty, always for the boys. Anyone who's got, like, a name Stewart or just Stu in their name is always a beauty. Huge beauty. Stu. I love this guy. He was, he, we called him up, because, like, by the end of the season, I was playing first-line center, or no, first-line wing and third-line center. Yeah. Because we just had no players. So we were calling him up, and he's best friends with Batherson, so he shows up. He's got, like, Drake's custom sticks for him, like, all that shit. And all the boys were super fired up about Humble it. flex. Humble. Humble flex, but he's just still a huge beauty. Like, And everybody in the Valley knows everybody. Like, even my uh, even my cousin, who also lives in the Valley, is, like, friends with Drake Batherson. And mm-hmm. when Drake got called up um, to the NHL for, like, his first time, yeah. um, for, like, one of his first times, like, two years ago, I was with my cousin, actually. And he shows me a Snapchat that Drake sent in their group chat, because they still have, like, a Drinking Buddies group chat from, like, back in high school. And it was, uh, it was just a picture of Drake Batherson's face saying got called up to the show, boys. And then two days later, I t- tune into the Ottawa Senators game and he's playing. So that's, that's unreal. Cool. Yeah, it's a small world out there. But uh, And no matter what, even if you make it to the NHL, you, everyone still peaked in high school. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they still got the group chat going. Always got the Drinking Buddies group chat going. Yeah, so your first year, mm-hmm. kind of a gong show. You mm-hmm. move on. You're the leading scorer, though, right? Yeah, so if you look... Actually, shout out Matt Little, our uh, our media guy. He made me a highlight tape this year, and it says leading goal scorer from like the two seasons I played, which looks good as a title, but it doesn't say that my first year I led our team with eight goals. Eight. <laughs> eight goals in, I think I, pl- I played 49 out of our 50 games. Yeah, I missed one game because of an exam, and... Yeah, and the reason that that happened is because we would trade for some really good players. They would come for, like, a month and then just decide, yeah, like, I want to be somewhere else. Yeah. And then they would leave. Like, we started the season with this really good player named Brock McLeod that we thought could attract some other good players. He played three games with us and then got called up to the Moose and went on to 
I don't think they won the Memorial Cup, but he went to the Memorial Cup with them last year. So, like, the, the, these things just kept happening to our team. And then eventually we traded for these two French guys named Felix and Tommy. <laughs> from uh, They were playing in Portage, actually, when we traded for them. So you traded for them, like, across Canada? Across Canada, yeah. They started, so the one player, Felix, had played in the queue the year before. And then I guess he just decided that he wanted to play with Tommy, who wasn't quite Q level, but still really good for junior Package deal kind of thing? They're basically a package deal. So they started together in Alberta, got traded to another team in Alberta, got traded to Portage, and then we traded for Holy, them. Holy, just this, straight this all, suitcase over yeah, here. This all happened in a span between September and I think we got them in like November. <laughs> so in two months, they'd been in... Like, they'd been from Alberta all the way to Nova Scotia. Just a little. Like, Terry Fox over here. Oh, my God. Exactly. They're just going across Canada. And, like, there was just red flags all around. Like, fourth team already at that point. And they show up. But your team doesn't care. This is... No, we'll take anybody we can get at this point. Especially with skill. Yeah, they were skilled. Like, Tommy played the first three games with us. Felix didn't play the first three games because he was... Um, still suspended because he spit on somebody while he's playing in Portage. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he was. So he came off a spitting suspension, Damn. and that's low life right there. <laughs> spitting on people. Just yeah, there there was some red flags, but they were they were incredible hockey players, and like especially together. Like you ever see the NHL like deke like from the video game where you like flip the puck up like over a player and then like jump over the, like their stick yeah yeah and then go get it on the other it, side it like never works in NHL yeah I've seen Felix do that in real Junior A games at least wow. six times what a beauty and is that like, like his one move or does he have like a lot of moves he has a lot of moves and it's, it they're all insane but they hate crossing our own blue line oh so like these guys package deal so on they're ice French and obvious these are the most French players I've ever yeah, played with. bathing in maple syrup post game essentially. Yeah. So like, but they're a package deal. They do everything together, right? So yeah, and so these guys got an apartment in town, um, oh. in Berwick, uh, a two bedroom apartment. But they only needed one of them. Um, they <laughs> so you're telling me they like they, they sleep in the same bed? Yep. They oh my god. They slept in the same bed while they played for us. So they're not only they're not only suitcases, but they only need one suitcase because they travel together. Essentially, they sleep together. Do they shower together? All right. I'd, I'd imagine so. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Like, there's no way they don't. Um, like, these guys are just the epitome of French hockey players. They sleep in their same bed together. Um, we gave them, or, like, the team let them use the Valley Van because they didn't have cars. And the Valley Van was just this old GMC van <laughs> kind of thing um, with Manic. just Valley Wildcats logos Can't even over. imagine what those guys would do to that van. <laughs> Yeah, they would just, every weekend they would just show up at the Ville, which was a bar um, near the university in Wolfville, park it behind the Ville, um, and then just go in and see who they could tempt to bring back out to the Valley Van by the end of the night. And like, if they picked up a girl, would it just one of them or both of them or how would that it would, work? It would always have to be both. Oh, There's so a, they do everything together. Yeah, there, there was one time... That Felix, I would never. I had couldn't. matched with a girl on Tinder and brought her over to their apartment, and he. Uh, so like he was, he was. He's just fucking her. She's like, "Who's that guy?" He's like, "Oh, that's just like my twin." Essentially, so he's fucking her, and then Tommy walks in, butt ass naked, and says, "So my." T and oh, here we go. They're going, and he's like, "So three way," and then she's like, "No." And then <laughs> Felix, the good guy, for her. Good yeah, for and her. then Felix, the guy that was fucking her, just goes, 
okay, like, you can leave now. Huh? Like, they just... Like, he's like, if you don't do both of us, you can't do either of us. Essentially. It's like, it's together or nothing with them. And they're just... Wow. Yeah. Honestly, I respect that. Yeah, and so the they way... Have, they have their own system, and they stay to it. Yeah, and it's so... Greasy as fuck. But... Oh, it's just... It's so greasy and so French. But you gotta respect it, because it's just... It's the culture, man. It's the culture. I mean, just... I don't necessarily know if that's French culture to just... <laughs> it's gotta be. Because, like, <laughs> it's gotta be. And it just cracks me up. But just as mysteriously as they showed up, they just kind of disappeared. Uh, I sat beside Felix in the room. Um, and then Tommy sat on the other side of him. And they were always just... They were always just shoot the shit. And just... I don't know. They just fuck around all the time. And then one didn't day... Didn't give a fuck. Didn't give a fuck. Felix was... And they would usually talk in French. So I just had no idea what they were ever saying. But then one day, Felix leans Talking over. about who's going to wipe for each other Pretty later that night. Honestly. He's going to shake it off, you know? Yeah. And then, like, I played on their line for a while, so, like, I've learned a little French. Like, if I fuck up and a French person ever gets mad at me, like, I'll probably know what they're saying. Yeah. Because these guys, uh... Yeah, I remember one time I was having a bad game, and they were just giving it to me to, like... Like, they were just, like, talking to each other on the bench about just how shit I was playing, and I knew they were talking about it, but they were still talking in French. Yeah. So I couldn't tell what they were actually saying. <laughs> But uh, one day, Felix leans over to me right before the Christmas break, and uh, in Quebec, like, New Year's Eve is, like, a way bigger deal than it is anywhere else. In Canada, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's weird, because, like, after the break, we had a home-and-home with Summerside, so we played at home on the 29th of December, and then we played in Summerside on New Year's Eve. Okay. Which nobody was happy, but, like, we were all pissed. Like, we wanted to party at Acadia. Well, couldn't you play party later that night, though? Like, Well, I mean, we're in Nova Scotia, and Summerside is in um, PEI. So, like, you play a 7.30 game, you're done at 10, you're yes. home at, like, 3 in the morning. Really? Yeah, so, like, we celebrated New Year's on the bus. But so That wouldn't you... be so bad. I mean, the bus gets pretty rowdy sometimes, I'd imagine. Oh, the bus gets rowdy, but only after the six wins. Like, I have some, I have some pretty funny videos of Felix and Tommy on the bus, actually. After one of our wins on my phone, I can just show you later. helicopter in. Oh yeah, got the big French dicks out. Oh, well, I mean, it, we had five wins, so like we won one road game all year, I think, <laughs> maybe two. Or no, we had six wins, and I think we had two road wins, and so the boys were just. And you gotta treat the home fans, you know, give them all the wins. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So we were just partying on the bus after that one. But anyway, so right before we leave for the Christmas break, Felix shows me this uh, text conversation he had with our GM at the time. And basically how the conversation went was, okay, Felix, uh, we have you and Tommy's flights booked. Um, you're coming back on the 27th of December. We need to practice before a game on the 29th. Uh, how are these flights? And then Felix goes, no, like we're staying home for New Year's Eve. Like we're not coming back until after New Year's Eve. And then our GM texts back and goes, no, like you have to come back before New Year's Eve. Well, yeah, like... Um, we need to practice and like we need you guys for these two games you can't just not show up because you want to be at home for New Year's like everybody else is like gonna be here Yeah. and then he just like didn't answer and he looked at me and he goes yeah I know answer we're not coming back he said that to you he said that to me and then that was probably one of the last times I talked to Felix because we left for the winter break um, and I come back and Tommy came back to get their stuff but Felix wasn't there. Wow. Ta Tommy played the home and home, and then... The only time he's ever been apart from this guy. Essentially. like was I, just to collect their stuff. To collect their things, he, he grabbed it, or he played the two games, grabbed their shit, and then just fucked off. And it was 
<laughs> never to be heard from again. They should have like a show together. They should honestly just if they, like if show they had them a shower. Show. It's like Burton Ernie kind of vibes. Yeah, the, the French Burton Ernie. The French Burton Ernie. Burton Early, yeah, pretty much. The Burton Early, eh? Yeah, I can't talk. Yeah, was... we, we got Falker sipping some uh, White Claws over here. Yeah, not not a, not, not sponsored. They're not. What terrible. do you think of the mango flavor? Rated out of ten. Um. Probably like seven. Yeah, seven or six. Honestly. Six or seven. I like it a little better than the one you gave me yesterday, honestly. You don't like the cherry, eh? I like the mango a bit better than the cherry. Yeah, that's crazy, bad. man. Most people I know, they like the cherry better. Fair enough. I had a bad experience with some cherry-flavored Four Locos. Uh, or not cherry, but it was like... Oh, I can imagine Mr. Vanilla over here drinking a Four Loco and just going off the walls. Just picture this. It's uh, fall of grade 12, and I'm at a bush party with three four locos in my hands that's all i remember <laughs> that's all you remember essentially i like there's just flashes but so that's grand park bush party or it's grand park bush party in the fall of grade 12 when did you wake up that night the next um, day or whatever actually shout out mitchell wilson because he was so the year before he got cut from the wild so he played central plains okay yeah and it's like the year i played rha so in his third year he was just like yeah i'm just gonna go back to central plains because they took me the year before instead of the wild and he had a game that night an away game and he wasn't at the party and it was like three in the morning and i'm just like with a couple of my buddies and we're just like stranded on the side of the road and i was like wait and i don't know how i thought about this because i don't even remember doing this but apparently i was like wait mitch had an away game like he should still be up right now yeah so i called him and he he picked me up so you remember that though i remember like I, briefly and like, like i i remember the getting white out. girl wasted mindset you had exactly i remember getting out of his car when i got home and that's it essentially so i want you to tell me about a power play meeting shaftesbury grade 11 what yeah. happened there so yeah i went to rha the prep school in grade 11 and um i got named an assistant captain because he was like our inaugural inaugural year i can't talk today first season no worries. first season as a team and um we like were stacked up with like a lot of first year midget players that yeah, were like, yeah. really skilled but like you would rarely give a first year player a letter and i was a second year midget player and then we had one third year player so he got an a and then that was caleb paisley he was our only 99 born player on the team and then my other friend jacqueline shishin got the c so, like, they got the C and the A right off the bat. And then they helped our coach pick the two A's, like, the two other A's that they needed to give out. And for whatever reason, they liked what they saw in me. And then the other A was Kyle McNabb. So I was on that leadership group, and um, I'm pretty, like, loose and, you know, kind of laid back. Player-friendly, player-friendly. Yeah, like, not too serious. Try to keep it light and breezy most of the times. And uh, I guess my coach was getting a little upset about just how light and breezy I was keeping it. Well, yeah, you're really pushing the limits from what I remember of the story. Yes. <laughs> so one day um, <laughs> we were in a power play meeting before the game. It was just um, three coaches and five players in this like little coach's office. Yeah. <clears throat> and so basically I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden top ten loudest farts that i've ever had in my life just you just let one rip in the middle of the power play meeting let one rip thought it was gonna be silent that whole story so loud and just in a small room right in a small room like could not have smelled good at all and uh 
Yeah, it was just, it was not good. My coach just looked over at me and just scowled, and I was like, oh, Didn't no. you even take you aside and say, what the fuck, Falk? Like, well, what? we had to finish the power play meeting first. So just endured the fart for, like, a good yeah. two minutes. It just lingered in that little small room, coach's room. Yeah, we had to, yeah, we talked about it for a few more minutes, and then I was leaving, and <laughs> I was just, I was hoping to slip out of there without him saying anything to me, but course as i'm walking to the door i hear uh, uh fault can you stay back for a second i'm like fuck here we go and so basically what he was like he was like you know like i know you like to joke around with the guys like keep it light and breezy in the room but like you're still a captain and like these things can't happen <laughs> and he was he was pissed and i'm just thinking to myself the whole time i was like fuck i thought it was gonna be silent like this was not supposed to be a joke man when you just let it out and it just ripped did everyone kind of look at you or what? Oh, everybody stared at me. You like must have it been was like so embarrassed. It was, it was a bench vibrator. Damn. And like I didn't still really... stay in the bench to this day. Yeah, honestly, that room probably still smells like my shit. <laughs> and like that's not Jeez. even the, that's not even the first time either where I thought it was gonna be silent and it wasn't. Like well, I did the exact. That's definitely a Hall of Fame fart story though. Oh yeah, like I did the exact same thing in grade seven silent reading. Like I felt this huge fart coming on. And I lean over to my buddy and I go, okay, I'm just going to let it out bit by bit. I'm just going to try to, like, just get all this gas out of me so it's not going to, like, smell like You're, you're putting your once. fart on layaway here, you know, like... Yeah, I was like, it's not going to, like... Pay it out in, like, variables. Pretty much. I was like, yeah, it's, like, not going to smell all at once. Like, nobody's going to hear anything. So I'd, like... Just a 12-year-old idea of how farts work. Yeah, I, I don't know why I would have ever thought this would have worked because it never has and never will. Um... So yeah, I kind of like lift my leg to get the first little bit out and then it just all came out and it's silent reading a class of like 35. Everybody look at me, looking at me and I'm like, obviously I had to play it off like it was a joke. Yeah. So yeah, I got a, a lot of Hall of Fame fart stories for sure. <laughs> Two up there, man. Two up. There's, there's gotta be more that I just can't think of right now too. Probably all the Diet Cokes. Oh my God. The, the, the diet is just it's not good for farting like it's just just a gassy guy over here i guess so like it's just it's not great it's less than ideal for sure so you're an interesting guy folk you play hockey you kind of just bum around all day right now but last year around this time you were uh you're you're trying your hand in comedy for grade 12 for my final uh english project i made a like a 25 minute stand-up set like yeah. a skit kind of thing really. yeah like a little yeah a little routine in my uh i didn't show anybody in my class but i made a video and i sent it to my teacher and he was like yeah like you're not terrible at this so i uh thought that i could pursue it a little and then uh a year later right after i came home from nova scotia the first time that's I, what uh, you want to hear when you're like really invested in something you're not terrible at it yeah yeah and that that was even before i was like invested in it. i was like i was just kind of like huh because it was like my first time trying it and then since then, I would just, whenever I think of something funny that, like, could be a part of a set, I would write it down. So, fast forward a year later, I come back from Nova Scotia for my first time, and I uh, had all this material sitting around. And then I decided to enter the funniest comic with a day job challenge down at Rumors. And well, your job was when we were working together, right? Yep, that was that was when I was at Brazen. Brazen Hall in Winnipeg. Brazen Hall, legendary. Yeah, so just for everyone listening... I had to uh, work in the dish pit for like a good solid year before I got to cook. I had to be like a dishwasher. <laughs> Zach comes out of nowhere, fucking applies to be a cook, 
Never cooked in his life, I don't think, for like professionally or like for a job. Nope. Nope. And then nope. they just they're just like, yeah, Zach. They just threw me right in just there. Just gonna cook. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, it was. Like, he's my friend. I'm not gonna be mad about it. But it's kind of <laughs> bullshit. But anyways, go on. You yeah. Your stand up. In fa- in fairness to me, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, um, apps competition. You know what I mean? Kidding. At uh, she quit my first day. Did my, she? Fir- my first day was her last day. No, so I basically wasn't. filled her filled her spot. Really? Yeah, and then they moved Jordan up to sandwich because he was like, Nerb? Uh, Jordan think, Nervous, yeah. I think so. Yeah, Bond shout out Nerbs, yeah. Yeah, he's a beauty. I still talk to him, yeah. I have him on Snap, actually. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a fucking beauty. I loved working with him. So then you had to like pretend like you like fucking hated your job for the stand-up, or what What was up with that? Uh, no, I didn't talk about my job at all in the stand-up. I actually made a, a skit. I talked about a lot of the same things in that one that I'm talking about here. It's like, I talked about my uh, first year in junior, and I basically made a five-minute skit. Well, we're, no, you were in grade 12. Or no, this was last year, right? Yeah, yeah this yeah. was right after my first year of junior. And I made a five-minute skit because we played this one <clears throat> away game right after our first coach got fired where our GM took over. And our GM oh. was a total nutcase with some of the craziest That's pregame always... speeches I've ever heard. Yeah, no kidding. So I just kind of like told stories about Because his job's that. on the line now. Yeah, well, so he has to try and get the boys pumped up. He was trying to get the boys pumped up. It wasn't working at all. <laughs> I think we, I think after he took over, we won two games, and that was like the last thirty games of the year. Yikes! So I wrote like I wrote a little thing about that, and um, I get there, and I brought probably ten friends just to laugh for me, <laughs> um, just to get them in the crowd, just so somebody would laugh at my jokes, even if they were like awful. horrible. Yeah, gotta gotta stage the crowd a little bit. A little bit. Well, so some we, plants, some plants. Yeah, so we get there and it was like, um, there was six of us. So basically, how it worked is, there was six people that did like their own little five minute set for this competition, and then they would pick the best two to move on to the next round of the competition. So bracket, big bracket, and then it just keeps going until you got a big until you got a winner. And so we get out there and they're like, so have any of you guys done this competition before? And, like, three of them put their hand up. And then they're like, has any of you, like, or, like, who's done, like, any sort of stand-up before? Everybody but me puts their hand up. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) And then we draw names to see who goes first. And obviously I got fucked and I had to go first. Classic fall. I had no reference point because I'd never even even been to Rumors before this night. The first time I went to Rumors, I performed. Yeah, and, like, the first probably 15 minutes. Yeah, so... I uh, I draw this. I have no reference point as to like how good these other comics are gonna be. So I'm just like fuck it. I guess I just gotta go up there and just do what I prepared. So Julian Rowan, the local legend, Winnipeg famous. Yep, ro- warms up the crowd for 15 minutes. I'm like fuck. This guy's ten times funnier than I am. And Is that I, all the practice and ex- shit? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit older. And then I, I get up there and I do my thing and you know it was kind of like it was kind of blank because like just black out it was weird i couldn't i couldn't see a thing because the lights were so bright and i was trying to like just sweating oh yeah i was probably sweating like it's kind of pit stains through the shirt your shirt was a pit stain i bet probably I, yeah. actually you know what i wore that night i wore my uh i wore my brazen shirt like the black yeah yeah brazen coat i still shirt. have one of them yeah i i wore that that night for that um just like as a joke because that was my day job yeah at the time well it makes sense yeah um, so I did my thing, I, 
and I was like, fuck, like, I don't know how I did. And then this guy gets up a couple minutes later, and I was like, okay, this guy is way funnier than me. Uh, uh, he was just like, I forget his name. I really want to know his name. Like, I this wasn't g- Julian Rowan. This was a guy that was competing in the competition. This was another guy competing. He, uh, he, he was this, like, stoner guy. He got up there with, like, a toque. And I was like, okay, this guy's, like, hilarious. Oh my like, God. he's, he's going to win our night. He's fucking the funniest guy around. He's wearing a toque. Like, how can you beat that? Yeah, he's got, like, the toque on, you know, <laughs> huge, huge stoner vibes. He does his thing, and I was like, hey, this guy's fucking hilarious. And, like, he won that night, and then some other guy came second that was pretty funny, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was either third or fourth, because I know I was funny. Not bad. I don't know, like, how many, though, that night. Uh, there was six that night. So it's not bad. Yeah, so they move on to the next round, and then a couple months later... One of my friends that was with me that night sends me this thing from rumors saying that, like, the stoner guy, who I thought was hilarious, actually won. He the won entire, the whole thing. The entire thing. Excuse you saw that one coming, hey? I had no idea, because it was, like, my first time. I was yeah. like, maybe there's going to be funnier people. But, yeah, he, he won, and I was like, well, fuck. I just, because I could have picked, like, three different nights to go at, and I just happened to pick that night, so I got, I got screwed a little. Fuck. Well. But, um... Well, yeah. I mean, it was a good experience, I bet. Yeah, it was a good experience. And then we- the local legend again, Julian Rowan, um, he actually DM'd me after um, saying that, you know, I should keep doing it. Like he said, like, you just got to keep practicing. Like he said, I had like good comedic timing and stuff like that. That's pretty sick. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's pretty nice sick. Nice pat on the back. Nice pat on the back from someone who's much funnier than I am. Uh, <laughs> And, um, He's got the clout game on lock in Winnipeg, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Small market legend. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, there's no real stand-up comedy stuff around where right, I live. Right so, now, either. So, I, I, yeah, I didn't do any like from last summer until now, and I, I'll probably start writing something new and try to do it again yeah, this summer gonna... if, it, if it opens up again. Yeah. That's awesome. As a, that's like what you... Is that something you'd like want to? If you could make a career out of that, would you do it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, because seeing someone control a crowd just with their sense of humor—it's power move right there. Oh, it'd be the best thing ever, and it's just like great energy. It's like I, I, if I could go up there and tell jokes all day, that would be fantastic. Like, right now I'm a chemistry major, and I hate chemistry, but it just—it kind of comes. So to it's me. either use your chemistry for like math. Or yeah, I could either become turn a it, comedian. I could turn into Walter White, or I could turn into a comedian. It's, I don't think there's going to be any in between. It's the vanilla meth from Zach Folk. Exactly. From the vanilla man <laughs> himself. The vanilla meth from the vanilla man. That'd so, be a good business slogan. Let's let's get a little off the comedian and comedy topic, and let's talk about something that might be a little sensitive to you. Sure. At uh, at age nineteen, you uh, you started going bald. Tell me about just, like, the process you had to go through to, like, maybe get your hair back and, uh... Yeah, What was... kind of drugs you had to take, too? <laughs> it was, uh... It was probably... That was probably the worst day of my life. It was awesome. What? <laughs> it was awesome to start. So what happened is... What? How was it awesome? For... Uh, I'll explain. Yeah, so I'll, fi- for, I'll figure it out here. For... I think it was for Father's Day. Uh, me and my mom and my sister all took out my grandpa. We went out to, like, the dam by... Selkirk, I think, where there's really good catfishing. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Like, kind, like Kinda, it's not yeah. Selkirk, it's Steinbeck. It's around Steinbeck. Makes sense. There's this dam with insane catfishing there. And we were catching a shitload of fish, and obviously, like, my mom was on the camera the whole time. And she has this one picture. What do you mean, the camera? Oh, like, like, she's she was just taking, taking pictures. pictures. Okay. Yeah, okay. so she has this one picture where she's, like, over top of me, and I'm, like, leaning down, grabbing this fish. And I'm like, what is that on the top of my head? And I was like, holy 
fuck. I'm going bald. I was like, there's a spot there. So then, um, yeah. So you have to get like a prescription to get Rogaine, which is stupid. No, so I had kidding. to go through that bullshit. Had to get my and just like what did you feel like going like you could you're like fucking going bald at nineteen? I kind of I kind of my life's going downhill from me. I was just like I I expected it to come soon because my dad is was like essentially bald at thirty. Well, except for like the ring in the back. Oh, like and the same, George Costanza, Louis yeah, C.K. Same thing with my grandpa, and I was like I was expecting it to come in my mid twenties, but I wasn't ready to accept it yet at nineteen. So. I'm on the Rogaine grind, and shit actually works, so it's nice. Yeah, you got a full set of hair right now. Full set of ginger hair right ginger now. Ginger, whatever. <laughs> what are you trying to do there? Fucking blonde or what? Yeah, well, my buddy Jake is blonde, but he's, like, dirty blonde, so he's like, we should dye our hair, like, bleach blonde. And everyone told me, they're like, Zach, you have brown hair. It's going to turn orange. And I was like, nah, like, we'll, we'll no. make it work. We'll make it work. So we did it to him, and, like his actually looks good like it just looks blonde and then we do it to me and we had to do like nine coats so they, we had to do like four different coats for me to like, make it look a little blonde really but like after the first coat of it it was like i looked like ron weasley i mean i'm not gonna lie to you i'm your friend and i'm gonna tell you and it's bad it's, it's not great it's not great <laughs> it's I not know. great and i was like i was like fuck it like if i'm gonna do something stupid with my hair it may as well be now when i'm going out in public probably the least amount of yeah, any during time quarantine and all that shit yeah so yeah, might not do it again, <laughs> to say the least. I'm worried if I keep doing this shit to my hair, it's just like... All it's gonna, gonna just, thin. It's just gonna fall out all at once. Yeah, probably. Alright, so I'm gonna give Zach a few dabs of this hot sauce, and then we're gonna ask him a hot take question and see how he responds. Okay. And we have water here, but uh, we don't know if he needs it, because Zach's a champ, based champ. on all the stories. I'm a huge... I'll, I'll wear it, I guess. I'm just, I'm not excited for this. I'm going to be sweating in your basement. Like, You're already sweating I, in my yeah, basement. Like, I sweat when I do math. All right. So the hot sauce is on the chip. I see it. It is being passed to Zach as we speak. So Zach, I want you to tell me the coronavirus. Mm. Was it a plant or was it just an accident? A plant or like, do you think it was like made by somebody? Yeah. Do you think the, like there's a conspiracy going around in the world that uh, people made the coronavirus to make money off it, like the elite. Or was it just an accident someone ate a bat? I want to know your opinion. Because I was talking about it with a few people earlier. Yeah. And there's, like, differing opinions. I haven't personally seen these conspiracy theories, but all I'm going to say is it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If it was a plant. Um, but, again, at the same time, like, people will eat bats. In China. Yeah. In China. In China, people will eat bats. Like, Even yeah. Falker in Winnipeg eats a bat once in a while. Exactly. I've seen Ozzy Osbourne eat a bat's head. True, true. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with it was a plant. I think it was. Um, yeah, I, th- I could see elite people trying to make money off this disease. It doesn't surprise me. You think me it was a plant? Like, I think You're just gonna it, go I with that. Hey? You don't have any like hard evidence. You have no hard evidence. I'm just a I'm a big conspiracy theory guy, and yeah, you know, I'll look into it when I get home. So like, for sure, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's believable for sure. So yeah, I'm gonna go with it was a plant. So how was that? It was hot. It was like it hit. Do you still me for, feel it? No, it's not like other hot sauces. All this one, so like usually like it lingers for a while. Oh, now I'm getting the linger. We're gonna give you one more. And we're gonna ask you one more hot take. Okay, it hit pretty hard though. Well, you didn't you didn't use up all the water. I know. I still got some water left. And don't worry. This is less. Looks like. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. You weren't supposed to look. But yeah, here we go. This is a more nacho, uh, nacho flavored chip. He's going in. He dealt with it like a champ. I can feel my face getting red. Yeah, you're getting a little red here, Falker. Yeah. So I want to know, on the topic of conspiracy theories, mm. was 9-11, what, did, did it have anything to do with the Bush administration and the U.S. government, 
or was it just Osama bin Laden? Um, well, I've seen, a, I've actually seen a lot of things on this conspiracy theory. I don't think, well, like the big thing for me on this one is the second building just fell. Yeah. Nothing hit it. What do you mean? Well, there, well, there was a plane that hit it. The first building. No, they, no, there was two planes. On the second building? Yeah. I thought the second building, or there was there was a third building. There is a third building. There was a third that building hit. that just imploded. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the big theory was, like, all these, um, they just took down the building with, like, interior explosions. And then the big quote, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Everyone knows that. A classic, so and yeah. Bush did 9-11. Bush did 9-11, yeah. But at least jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams is at least a little bit uh, factual. But does this hot sauce melt your tongue? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, you're oh, damn it, <laughs> sweating damn. a little bit now. Yeah. Oh, it's in your heart now. Be, you see yeah, it's in like it's it's at the point where it's like on the back of my tongue and it's, oh, just, burning. it's just you can feel it kind of tingling, eh? It's been an honor, man. I appreciate having you on. I'd like to be on more. I love we, talking. Reoccurring so. guests. We have a lot of stories too, and uh, we have chemistry and a bond, Falker, that uh, goes back to our Gimli days. Yes. Where I saved your life. But, yeah, uh, we we're can gonna talk about that another time. <laughs> we're gonna save that for another time because we don't have enough enough time in the day to even talk about that story because there's just too many blank spots yeah, for Falker me. is a different man after that day <laughs> the classic anyways man thanks for coming on Falker episode one really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me it's been a great episode anything you want to plug bro or hockey DB yeah yeah, yeah search me up on hockey DB yeah so if like you don't know who Zach is search up his hockey DB you'll see how impressive he is or search me up on elite prospects dead A-C-H-F-A-L-C-K thanks a lot man <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me And that puts a wrap on episode one of the No Fucks Podcast.